So you need to create a plan for every single person on your list. Remember, again, we've said it time before, not everyone is starting at the same place. Welcome to episode four of the new Center for Generosity podcast. I'm Mitzi Schaefer, a consultant with GSB Fundraising and your host for today's episode. On each episode, as promised, we work to equip generosity leaders by tackling a single topic related to growing generosity. Together, we answer the three most critical questions for success. We are in the middle of a six-week series on how nonprofit leaders can be donor-first. And today, my friend and colleague, Jenny Smith, one of our fabulous GSB consultants, is going to talk with us about moves management. Welcome, Jenny. Hi, Mitzi. Great to be with you. So excited you're here. It's fun to have some girl power today. I love it. So I want to tell you a little bit about Jenny because she's super talented. Um, She has an extensive experience in growing annual support, developing successful direct mail and marketing initiatives, facilitating an effective call center and training volunteers in response to a changing climate in charitable giving. As a consultant, she has counseled colleges, congregations, camps, and social service organizations to meet and exceed their financial and leadership goals. With more than 13 years of successful fundraising experience in institutional advancement and a CFRE certification, Jenny brings a wealth of knowledge to unique client circumstances. Jenny, we are super excited to have you here today. I'm so excited to talk with you about loose management and the impact it can have on fundraising efforts um, across the board. So thanks again for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So as promised, um, we like to get right to the point. So we know our listeners are busy out there raising money. And so let's um, dive into today's topic, moves management. So that, that might be something that some of our listeners know about, but For those who are new to the development world, how about let's talk about what in the world is moves management? Mitzi, like probably most every sector, nonprofit industry has its fair share of insider lingo. We are great at creating all kinds of words that are unique to us. And we think and assume that everyone else knows what we're talking about. So the work of fundraising as we know, is more than getting just getting that financial gift. There's cultivation, um, bringing that potential giver into an understanding of the need, feeling compelled to be part of the solution. So after the gift, there's a stewardship process that keeps that giver engaged in the work and, and helping them make possible through their uh, contributions. Good stewardship doubles as added cultivation for the giver's next gift, but not everyone is the same. And that's where moves management comes into into play here. The circumstances of every potential giver, the priorities of those givers are different. And the way that they engage with your organization is going to be different too. So moves management starts with the theory that people contribute to fundraising efforts for lots of different reasons. Moves management is a process developed to systematically step or manage each move a donor takes towards giving or greater giving. That includes 
tracking all the contacts, engagement with a donor to intentionally shape their stewardship and cultivation. That is a great explanation of moves management. I love that. Thank you. So there's five different stages of move management, um, identifying essentially who do we hope to move to do something. Second, qualify. Do those people, who are the people that fit the criteria we think is possible to respond favorably to that movement? And then third, cultivate, creating a custom plan for each person that helps inform and inspire solicit. Of course, as fundraisers, we all know what solicit means. It's essentially making that ask uh, of your potential givers. And then fifth, stewardship. How do we follow up and steward those gifts and those givers for the next gift? These are the steps that help fundraisers know they're working toward moving the right people and the step-by-step action plan to help get favorable responses. That's great. So let's just say those back one more time for folks that they're driving in their car so they can hear it. So we're identifying, qualifying, cultivating, soliciting, and stewarding. Awesome. And we want to make sure that we're working on the right person with the right move. Exactly. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So question number two, that was a great answer. Um, Question number two, does it still work? (laughs) Um, And if so, why? Maybe it doesn't. Right. So moves management started, I don't even know how long ago, but it's been part of the fundraising process for decades. Fundraising can be pretty nebulous work. We can't control all the factors that go into why someone would make a gift or increase their support. It's a lot about building relationships and it can be very hard to understand how how well we're making progress on that goal. So with intentionality, we can orchestrate essentially a thread of communication and experiences that help givers deepen their connection with our organization. Moves management still works because at the very foundation, it holds that every donor or potential donor is different. They're different in their capacity to give, their enthusiasm for our shared cause, and their level of engagement with the organization. And from there, fundraisers meet them where they're at with strategic and intentional action steps determined and assigned to guide that effort. That's so great. And, you know, it's interesting. So this whole series that we're working on is right now, the six weeks is being donor first. And one of the things we talked about in in our introductory episode was being donor versus about making deposits into the lives of donors. And that sounds exactly like what you're saying, um, which is a um, kind of a simplistic way, um, but making relationships, building relationships, meeting people where they are, those are all ways to make deposits into the life of our donors. Right. Right. Okay. So question number three, so we know it works. Um, It still works because it's donor focused. It's donor first. Um, So now that we know it works, how do we apply this to our own fundraising efforts? So moves management is often applied in major gift efforts, but it can be applied in nearly every comprehensive fundraising effort. So annual funds to special appeals, year end appeals, capital campaigns, even 
even estate gifts and plan giving programs, essentially you begin to decide what you want to achieve with moves management. Um, maybe it's deepen the financial support of your faithful annual givers. Maybe it's growing the number of recurring givers to your organization. Um, possibly increase the number of estate gifts that you receive or engage more donors to support a capital campaign. Whatever you want to achieve, then you can apply that moves management in that uh, fundraising effort. So applying those kind of five stages, again, go back over those five stages of moves management. When you identify, once you know your moves management goal, Determine the ideal donor prospect who would join that goal. So, for example, if you have faithful givers, um, are they a faithful giver of a certain age or a gift level? Do they have past experiences? Have they attended events or something like that with your organization? Be specific. Identifying those right prospects help to make your goal achievable. Second, qualify those prospects. With your list of people who fit established criteria in place, then determine the current interaction of each with your nonprofit. For instance, what was the last time um, they heard from your organization? Was it a newsletter or an appeal? Uh, did they come to visit the organization? Or maybe they haven't heard from you in a long time. In that step, every person is at a different point with their connection to the organization. And we're not assuming that they all start from the same place. Instead, we're meeting the donor where they stand in their own engagement with the organization. Yeah. So Jenny, could I just hop in here for a second with an yeah. illustration? So I have a client um, that I'm working with right now who has someone on their board who is incredibly passionate about planned giving and really wants to send a letter out to help encourage planned giving um, to 200 people. And the, the letter is wonderful. Um, it it's, has a lot of really great information, um, but in talking with the staff and looking through the database, those folks have not had a contact, mm. if ever. And so to just receive a letter out of the blue asking for a $100,000 planned gift is a huge turnoff. There's no cultivation. The, that, in that case, qualifying that next move, put them, you know, we have to work backwards. We have to right. go back and cultivate um, and which you're going to talk about next. But um, I think it's really, um, I think I, I like having examples. Um, you know, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. a, attach it to a thing person. Yeah. Um, so when you are thinking about that, I think it's also fair to say it's okay to say this donor isn't qualified yet. Right. Um, and to do the work. For sure. So essentially at that point, Mitzi, you want to set your goal for what you hope that they'll eventually do. But yeah. remembering not everyone is at the same point. So mm -hmm. if you want them to put your organization in their estate plans, like the illustration you just, you gave, what are the steps that need to happen? Um, the goals essentially before they get to that point where, when you do ask them, they will be more likely to say yes. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So after you've set that goal for what you hope that they will do and you're specific and you have some measurable goals for what those will be, 
cultivate them. That's the third step. So you need to create a plan for every single person on your list. Remember, again, we've said it time before, (laughs) not everyone is starting at the same place. And so those plans would include things like the actions that you're going to take to further engage them in the organization. Um, That could be things like making a phone call, a conversation, uh, arranging a conversation with the, the CEO or executive director. It could be offering a facility tour or um, maybe some marketing emails. Depending on where they're at, especially if they haven't heard from you in a long time, you want to make sure to kind of gently bring them back in and reintroduce your organization to those people. I like the word gentle. (laughs) That's a good word. It is. It's it's a process. And, and again, building relationships, we're not thrusting a, a relationship <laughs> on them, right? But we're inviting them into that partnership with us. After you determine those, those actions that you're going to take, then you need to lay out a timeline. So how quickly will these um, steps take place? Maybe you're going to invite them to an event that happens a couple of months out Um, What kind of communication might you do to ready them for that event so that you you kind of um, show up on their radar, so to speak, before they get that invitation, for instance? And then an internal internal communication process is important, especially if you have a a team um, when there are multiple people who might be part of that process to help the moves, manage those moves. So who's going to make the phone call? When is it going to be completed? What's the outcome, for instance, of that conversation? And then what are the next steps? Who are responsible for them? And when are they expected? So internally, making sure that your team understands how we're moving a potential person along and the goal, ultimately, that we hope to achieve. Yeah. And if I could just have a little plug here for systems too, um, moves management requires a lot of information um, and good information. And anytime we're coaching somebody on a database, the, the key is junk in, junk out. That's right. And if you are working on a team and even not working on a team, if something happens to you and you can't be there anymore, and the person that comes in behind you needs to continue that movement, Having that data in the database is really helpful. Um, all of those contacts and and most of the most of the systems that track um, development work have that built-in system. So we really encourage teams and and folks who are doing development work to use those. So that data is there. It will help you tremendously for moves management. That's right. You know, Mitzi, I'm I'm reminded of a. A conversation I had with a, a longtime donor who had given year after year, but every time they were approached, it felt to them like the organization was approaching them for the first time mm. because the organization had not kept good notes about the cultivation that had already been done. And so every time they were in, approached, it was like this whole new um, conversation and, and the donor was much further along in the path than the organization realized. And the organization was really um, undermining their own efforts in yeah. cultivating that person for a greater gift. Yeah, that, that information is critical. When your cultivation plans are implemented, 
then you're going to invite that person to do what you hoped they would do. This is the solicitation piece. If you've done a good job to engage the potential givers in understanding that need, shown how, you've, you, how funding partners make real changes in the work that you're doing, and then feel compelled that they can be part of the solution. So those three things, you've engaged them in the understanding of the need, you've shown them the funding, shown how funding partners can make real changes, and then that they feel compelled to be part of the solution. They're ready to be asked. Sometimes I think we keep cultivating and cultivating and cultivating Mm. and forget to get to the ask because we're nervous that we haven't done enough. Mm. So trust the plan that you've established. And when you've gotten through all of those steps, trust that they are ready to be asked. The last one is stewardship. And sometimes we forget this part, Mitzi, based on the response of that donor, that invitation to respond, then our next step is stewarding. And stewarding their gift and their relationship is is the initial primary focus. But once those donors start to see the positive results they're giving makes possible, they are get so eager to do more. It's that's when it gets really fun. They get so excited. So get ready when they see those positive results, they just want to give and give and give. Of course, they may also decline the opportunity. And so if that's the case, adjust. What went well? What didn't? Um, maybe you misunderstood where their passions lie. Or it could be a, a matter of poor timing due to circumstances outside your control, something in the life of that uh, potential giver. And so if they decline, that's not necessarily a no. It could just be a no, not right now, or um, no, not this project. And so adjust accordingly and continue to build that relationship. Yeah, that Jenny, this is so great. So um, everything you've said has so much importance and it's, it's interesting to me. I think as, um, as people, we tend to be more comfortable with certain pieces of it, you know, Mm -hmm. and stewardship may be one of those pieces we're not as comfortable with, or it maybe it isn't as exciting. I kind of feel like it's the most exciting part because that's where the relationships get stronger and deeper. Um, but it's not, it's not for everybody, but all of the steps are equally important. All of the steps are necessary for a full moves management process. Right. And so giving them the time and energy that they need in order to get to that goal um, is what I'm hearing you, you sharing. So thanks for that. So as a recap, um, again, you know, folks are driving, they might not be taking notes. <laughs> um, as a recap, what are some, um, some actionable, give us three, we like threes here at the Center for Generosity, <laughs> three questions, three actionables, right? So what That's are right. three actionables that we can take away um, from, from today's episode? So first, as you're thinking about setting up your own Uh, moves management process. First, determine your fundraising goal. What are you hoping to achieve? Second, identify the people that you want to move to reach that goal. And third, outline the steps that you'll take over the next one to three months. It could be longer, but essentially the one to three months to build those relationships to get you started. 
That's perfect. And would you say like after three months, that's a good time. If you feel like somebody has to go beyond three months, that's a good time to kind of reevaluate where they are. And then maybe it's the next one to three months. Yes, for sure. For Mm -hmm. sure. And there may be things. So for instance, an event that's six months out, for Mm -hmm. instance, or something that you hope to achieve with them, or you're planning a trip to their area um, for a a personal visit that's a little bit further out. But essentially you want to build up those steps to that next um, further step out. Perfect. That's great. Well, Jenny, this has been wonderful. I'm, I really appreciate you being here. I know life is busy and, um, and you've really compacted it in there for us, um, for those who are listening. And so um, thanks a lot for being here today. Yeah, it's great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Okay. So um, that's our time for today, listeners. Um, just want to remind you all that the Center for Generosity um, is open. It's open and available for you um, to register. There are a couple different plans um, for individuals in your organization or for, um, you know, two to five people in your organization or even more. Um, you can, um, if you have more folks that you want to register, you can actually email um, Mike Ward. I'll put those, uh, that, his email in the show notes for you. Um, but if you visit centerforgenerosity.com, you can subscribe. You can also just go to go there to learn more. Um, you can register and and get going and get inside there, and then you have access to roundtable discussions with other professionals and one of our um, trained and very qualified consultants. You also have access to their office hours um, on the same day that the roundtable happens documents, videos, best practice information, templates, um, all things that CEOs, development officers, volunteers, and board members can utilize to help grow generosity to your organization. Again, we are working to equip our generosity leaders. So join in September and your first month is free. Uh, Last but not least for today, we will meet back here on September the 14th with Evan Moylan, one of our GSB consultants, to tackle the topic of researching donors. He's going to do a little deeper dive into wealth screening and answer our three critical questions um, for that topic. So we'll see you back then. Thanks.